Hello everyone and welcome to episode 3 of the Free to Be podcast. I'm extra excited this week because I get to welcome my dear friend Bella as our very first guest. Ever since Bella and I have met, I could sense that this friendship would be a very meaningful one to my life, filled with my favorite deep meaningful conversations. So I am just so grateful that Bella has made the time to join us. And without further ado, I'm going to let her take it away and introduce herself. Hi, uh, my name is Bella and I met Fiona, I think about a year, a year and a bit ago. And it was really uh, the same thing that you were saying. Um, it was kind of one of those meetings with somebody new in your life where you kind of, you get a feeling that, different than most of those other friendships that you make just off the bat. It's like a deeper, more meaningful, as you said, and, and kind of more just like open and vulnerable relationship than um, meeting any anyone else kind of just in college and in life. Um, and like, yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful to have met you Fiona and also to get to be here on this podcast and talk about vulnerability today. Yes. <laughs> so Bella and I were talking about how through our friendship we feel like we are able to be very vulnerable with each other and we kind of wanted to dig a little deeper into what that vulnerability looks like, how to maybe find a good fit or friendship in your life if that's not something you're experiencing and definitely not experts but we're speaking from our experience we're not experts (laughs) at all (laughs) but we thought it would just it's something we're really passionate about and excited to talk about so for the first question bella oh my gosh we're jumping right in diving right in also i want to say like i did not prepare at all for this and this is this is raw this is vulnerable this is this is raw (laughs) this is this is vulnerable and like this is me being like i'm gonna be completely transparent on everything and fiona you can decide like what you want to take in and take out bella tells all but i do i tell all i think so and I'm glad we're doing this because I think having conversations like this with your friends are like they they bridge gaps yes like selfishly I just wanted to have this conversation and less selfishly I get to share with people so that's true I wanted to ask if you like feel like vulnerability has come natural to you or if it's something you almost had to like break inner barriers down oh well I think for everyone vulnerability doesn't really just come to you naturally. I think that we're raised, I mean, not to get super like crazy about it, but I think we're raised in a society in a world where, I mean, we're taught to protect ourselves and like keep, keep our humanity safe. And so growing up, I was very guarded. I was like, I feel like I was always kind of like, not trying to let you into my emotional life or blah, 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 or what have you. And um, I don't know. I I feel like just recently I've had to work really hard at becoming accessible to like everybody in my life because I think that that's just what creates a better, well-rounded human being. Um, And it's very hard. Mm-hmm. It is 
the most difficult thing I've ever really done in my entire life is working to let people in. Um, what about you, though? Because you seem like it just comes naturally. Like, you seem like you're just like, oh, this is, these are my li- this is my life, these are my problems. Like, listen to blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I feel things. Like, I'm able to be vulnerable in my inner world. But in my outer world, it's different in the sense of I, you know, if I feel a certain way, I'm able to be honest with myself. I'm, I'm not super scared of it, mm-hmm. but um, in the outer world, I definitely, it's like controlled circumstances. So I'm vulnerable on my blog or ah. I'm, I'm vulnerable and I share this piece of writing. But I would say it's it's something I it's a practice of being vulnerable and with friendships I feel like I'm constantly tiptoeing at times Mm. where I'm like am I too much am I too much yeah (laughs) yeah that's hard I was thinking about that the other day and there's like totally with different relationships there's like different lines and different thresholds um that you kind of have to bring yourself towards to be like okay is it time to cross this threshold Mm -hmm. or do I like bring myself here because like there is part of me that's like I want to like let you know everything that's going on in my life all at once because I just feel like that is what's going to give me and we crave to be known yes and that's like I feel like an imbalance of vulnerability is or something I've fallen prey to is like here's all of me right at the beginning like take it or leave it and it's like that's vulnerable but it's also really defensive because it's like oh you don't want me okay bye right you don't even get any of yes and so often I feel like people mistake that Mm -hmm. like that for being completely open and vulnerable and really it's not because you're it's like, here's a trauma dump, and then I'm leaving. And then I'm leaving because you, you didn't re- respond the way I right. wanted you to. And I feel rejected. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that is a really tough thing to identify. Uh, something else that you brought up earlier um, about, like, you know, how much of yourself to share with another person, it reminds me of this quote, um, a poorly expressed truth is a lie. And so often I feel like when I am not able to fully – truly genuinely authentically express myself then I'm just lying and or or I'm just not being real I'm just not being everything that that person deserves to get from me and so that not only brings me to want to have a greater sense of vulnerability but also to want to tell someone everything at all at once uh, but you like can't do that it's really well, hard well it's also like finding the language for it when mm-hmm. it's not something that we don't grow up and it's like I love it I've been reading I read so much of Renee Brown's work and yeah I'm sure I'll pop into the beginning of this podcast her definitions of vulnerability and wholeheartedness because yes. they've changed my life yes but She talks about, in her most recent book, Atlas of the Heart, this phrase, like, you hurt my feelings. And I think that is such an interesting thing of, like, that's really the only phrase growing up where I think I conveyed hurt and anger in a vulnerable way. Mm Because, like, I feel like that's a phrase 
I rarely would want to say in college, like, yeah, you just hurt my feelings. Like, yeah. that feels so scary. And also, also, like, a distinction about vulnerability that was a hard lesson for me to learn literally in the past, like, few months mm-hmm. is just because someone hurt your feelings doesn't mean you need to, like, bottle it up like a wrecking ball and throw it back at them and be like, you hurt me, take it away. Right. Because so much I I think we mistake closure or vulnerability for like, here's all the ways you hurt me mm-hmm. and like broke into me and I want to give it back to you rather than sort of like sitting with that hurt. Yeah. And like true vulnerability I think is like, okay, that I feel a little bit unsafe right now. I feel like emotionally like, rattled and dissolving it for yourself rather than kind of ending up in these codependent or broken relationships where you're just like playing hot potato that is really interesting it's like almost like you need to reteach yourself to be able to say you hurt me like you hurt my feelings and in the environment of like I'm not saying this because you're a bad person, but because I, want I you to know. and I want to repair our relationship. Yeah. And we don't have a lot of we don't really fight in our generation. Do no. you notice that? No, we don't. It's like one disagreement, you're out, you're done, <laughs> and like we're not gonna fix this. And then you're just like left with these little pieces of people that you pick up along the way, and it's yeah. like, oh, we're not friends anymore. That's so hard. I've noticed. I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of my friends recently. They're like, oh, yeah, my old girl best friend and, like, my other old girl best friend. And, like, and I kind of realized, like, yeah, it's really common that you can, like, make a make a really, really good best friend and or a really good girlfriend. And then some one disagreement happens and either one person or the other is not really willing to be, like, that hurt my feelings. Like, mm-hmm. ouch. Like, you'd rather just be, like, okay, maybe you can, you can admit that that was upsetting to yourself, but, like it's almost impossible to admit it to someone else. And it's like, it's so strange because these relationships we have, like, especially what I've noticed with social media and, like, here's my inner grandma, but, like, the illusion of being connected robs us of so much connection and of so much opportunity to be vulnerable. So, like, picture, you know, one of your friends that, you honestly typically go out with to spend Mm. a lot of your time together they say a hurtful comment and you've been like stewing on it for like a week and it probably was mostly just carelessness and they probably don't even think about like lack of sensitivity yeah Yeah. not something meant to be offensive but because you're not like it's not middle school or high school where you see them all the time and there's that opportunity to be like hey that bummed me out. Yeah. And they can just say, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. That was not what I intended at all. And it's less about the apology, I think, than about like, I care to not hurt you. Yeah. And so thank you for telling me so I can better love you. That's true. And it's so hard to get that. It's hard to get there. There. That's the right word. Yeah. It's hard to get there as a yeah as a young person and at in this environment mm-hmm. where you're absolutely right like so many like ways that we make friendships now are like you start by going out with them and then you'll get one wrong thing and then you just kind of give up 
Mm-hmm. And you'll just like drop it and you'll be like, well, this person said that one thing and I don't feel comfortable like on Friday It like Friday all night. goes backwards, I feel like. Like it's yeah. like dating and friendships are like Ooh, backwards. They are. Like normally you're like, okay, we hang out during the day. We get caught. We walk we to class coffee. together. But now it's like so fast, so all at once. We go out. We see like the most Vulnerable. primal, weird versions of people. Yes. And... And then we see them, like, walking on the street, and then we get coffee and talk about, like, our dog's names from back home. It's so weird. Because you're right. It's, like, you see, like, kind of the most vulnerable parts of people when you're, like, out on a Friday night going out dancing or to a bar Mm -hmm. or something, and, like, you talk about, you know, like, oh, how are you? Well, I'm kind of sad. My mom's, like, whatever. You talk about the things that are actually on your mind Mm -hmm. because it's just kind of in a liminal space. Versus when you're out getting coffee, you're so grounded in the real world mm-hmm. and, like, the rules of society that it's kind of, like, I, I don't know. Like, it's it's different. Mm-hmm. And it is backwards. But it's also, it's so weird. Like, we're 21, 20, 19. Like, nobody knows how it works. Yeah. Nobody knows the rules of the game. <laughs> and, like, I, and that's why it's so difficult now being, like, how much of myself and how and 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 like what are the filters that I put myself through if you play the game and then it's also the decision like do I do I abstain like yeah do I start a new game what do I do and I think that's like the heart of these conversations is like not a new game but like is there is there a different way to do this like rather than this dance of all you know show you little parts of me and see if you respond or exactly because it is like a give and take Uh okay i'm gonna feed you this piece of information how are you gonna respond to that okay you responded responded well but then we wonder why everyone's like perfectionist and scared to be vulnerable because we're all like if that's how i'm judging our interactions of like okay she passed right then i'm like fuck am i passing like yeah am i being so every i mean i'm an overthinker but like every interaction i'm like was that when we were vulnerable did I, did I respond well? Like, But then again, Fiona, like with you, I genuinely feel like I could say literally anything. Literally anything. And you would be like, okay, like whatever, it's fine. And what I'm curious about is like what defines that? Like what makes that okay? I think I get like a very intuitive sense of like, safety from people in my life and I'm feel like I can often be like a strong friend Mm -hmm. and there are friends like you and Kaylin and other friends in my life where it's like I can also be the weak friend like I can walk out of a frat party crying (laughs) and you'll walk me home and be like I'd be like he sucks you're beautiful (laughs) (laughs) but like that's something that's really hard for me for as vulnerable as I am. And really? As much, like, oh my gosh, I hate crying in front of people. Like, I cry all the time. But, mm-hmm. like, no, it's really hard to... Because I want to be someone who is, like... Strong. Yeah. In, in someone that... Not that others can look up to, but, like, model that kind of behavior of this is the shit that matters. But also, Fiona, I don't think what you... What you don't understand is that when you have moments like that and when you cry in front of me 
and let me in, those are the moments where I admire you the most. I could cry. No, seriously. I think it's beautiful. I think it is so, so beautiful when people do that. And it's like Renee Brown said, you know, you have to be that person who will let others in. Well, and that's why I think you feel comfortable being vulnerable around me. Yeah. It's because I've cried about dumb shit in front of you, so you can cry about real shit but in I front of me. But I cry about dumb shit, too. Yeah, we do. We cry about all things. Yeah. I cried yesterday. <laughs> Big girls cry. Big girls like, cry. I'm a huge... I think that is something... I will never forget this. In high school, Um, someone in my life at the time was kind of like, yeah, I haven't cried in like a year. Oof. And I, I sat there, and at first I thought like, haha, you know, I don't cry that much. It was senior year of high school. I cried a lot. Yeah. And I realized there's something to be said about, it's almost like, like heart rate variability. It's, it's not about how many beats per minute you have or don't. It's like how quick can you regulate and so it's not about never crying. It's about, oh, can I cry and laugh like 20 minutes apart? Like, can I make room for all these different emotions to cascade as they will? Because, like, think about a kid. They're crying. They're laughing. They're falling. They're standing. They're just bouncing around. Right. And they don't know any better because they haven't been taught, you know, oh, when you're sad, you, you have to just, there, there goes your whole day. You right. cried. It's over. Like, that's a sad day. Whereas, like, I feel like where I've tried to do work is, okay, I want to be able to be stressed about my midterm and then call my mom and laugh about it. And, like, bounce through those emotions without – because it's the thoughts that we hold you to them. That's true. It's the thoughts and, like, the crazy stories that that you tell yourself that get you stuck in those emotions. And – not even like the productive part of those emotions. No, it's like, oh, I'm anxious. Why am I anxious? Oh my gosh, I'm anxious. What's gonna, like, yeah. Instead of being like, huh, okay, I feel anxious right now. Yeah, it's like the noticing versus like the diagnosing. That's so good. Feelings. Noticing versus diagnosing. Yeah, because uh, I do that all the time. I intellectualize all of my. I try and figure out like what, where is the base of this emotion coming from why am I feeling it I hate how this feels how could I never feel like this ever again mm-hmm. you know because I can't like people don't like feeling sad but then you forget that it's productive to oh feel my gosh sad. I read the craziest thing the other day what? okay 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 it's in this book oh, I need to write people's names down the author of sapiens I also just listen. I'm gonna link to this oh, podcast that I listened to yesterday because okay. it was, you would love it. It was so good. Okay, you can punch it in. Oh yeah, we're mentioning it. We're punching it in. Wait, we're punching it in now. Okay, <laughs> so essentially, his book, the 21 Lessons for the 21st Century, is like mm-hmm. gnarly. It's honestly kind of scary. It talks all about AI, all this other stuff. Oh gosh. But I'm reading it because my finance professor is really smart and inspired me, and I was like, I'm gonna read that scary book. Get smarter. But anyways, this was the craziest nugget ever because of evolution. (laughs) He's a nugget. Like it was like a little, 
It's a golden piece. It's a golden of intellectual yes. goals. Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm ready. Because of evolution, mm-hmm. every emotion we have is useful. It wouldn't have stuck around. So literally, from an evolutionary standpoint, every single emotion we feel is useful. And, and, and we adapted to keep it. Hmm. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. That, that is so interesting. Because so many people keep denying the usefulness of feeling anything. Well, people are just like, I just want to be happy. Yeah. And I'm like, well, side note, this is my personal belief, but... Even if everything in your life is great and happy, that's a flat line. Like, yeah. Don't you want a little? Yeah, but then I get, I think about, like, sadness. Mm-hmm. I don't, I hate feeling sadness. I don't want to feel sadness. And I, I think that's where the degree to which they're useful is the extent to which we choose them or experience them and so it's like can I accept this feeling of sadness without playing a million Phoebe Bridger songs and like throwing myself into that hole or other times like do I want to just embrace it like sometimes I love a dramatic day I want all the melodrama I'm gonna play every sad song and make I'm gonna be in my own a hilarious movie. story about yeah. how a one night stand should have been like it's your fault (laughs) the start of everything like sometimes that's fun and dramatic but it's like will I be honest with myself that I'm being silly and dramatic right now yes yes Yes. and that's the difference of the usefulness because also all these emotions help us be more creative I think yes yes I absolutely agree with that but I have a question okay so, if you're, like, saying, like, okay, this is a silly, dramatic day, like, when you're feeling those emotions, do you feel like you're almost, like, not believing yourself? No. That, not believing the validity of what you're feeling? It's, I can be sad and, like, totally bummed out, mm-hmm. but I, this is, like, a huge conversation with my therapist that, like, I think might change your life because I think we think similarly, making decisions based on facts in truth rather than my emotional mind. Mm. So my emotional mind can be like, oh, that's so sad. Like, listen to me. I feel hurt. I feel rejected. And I'm like, okay, let's go out on a date. Like, let's have, let's let you run through those emotions. But then like my, my logical mind, the the one that has to study for her operations exam is like, okay, you get two hours. And it's not like, I can still be sad, but then that's like, I'm going to dedicate some time to feeling it, writing about it, reveling in that point of my life and Mm -hmm. being present with it. And then I'm like, okay, we're putting a pin in it. If If we need to get back to it, we will. Okay. But now I have real human shit that I need to do. And it's me finally learning how to, like, compartmentalize. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. I've probably said that, like, eight times in this podcast. But it is. Like, because then there's, like, 
So there's that side of the, the spectrum of being able to like finally learn how to compartmentalize. And then there's the other side. For I think to, a lot of people. For a lot of people. Where they need to be able to tap into it. Right. And how would you say, like for me, I feel like that has been a huge learning process. Like, like tapping into it. Trying to tap into my emotional life because then it will spill out in ways that you know, I don't want it to. Um, I mean, it's there. It's there, definitely. Like, my emotional life and my vulnerability and my accessibility will, like, be there. Just sometimes it takes a lot of heavy lifting to, to get to it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's, like, all sorts of ways that you can, like, through writing and breath work and blah, 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 blah. But I don't know. Like, what as somebody who is very in touch with your emotional life, how would you say if I'm, like, let's say, like, yesterday, I knew something was off. I was like, I'm emotional. Something's wrong. I don't know why, and I feel overwhelmed. But I don't know how to kind of get to it or express it. Or, like, I wanted to cry, but, like, I couldn't quite get there or... What would you say to someone like that? I think like the first and most important thing is opening up the dialogue with yourself to be like, hey, you're safe. Like I've got you. Mm -hmm. And being like, like tapping into your inner child and saying like, hey, it's okay. And and not it's okay. Like, hey, what's wrong? Like, hey, do you want to need to make some space right now and like let's talk about this and also sort of like I mean I am a big talk things out person yeah and so being able to build out how I talk to myself and then how I talk to the the anchors in my life Mm -hmm. of like okay I if I call my mom kind of being like Mm -hmm. hey I I really need to talk this out I know it's a little, like, silly or maybe doesn't mean that much, but, like, I have to be honest, it's it's making me feel some type of way and I yeah. need to talk about it. And then it's, like, okay, you know, what what might be, like, the overarching theme that's, like, really bothering me here? Right. And it's so, okay, a frat boy you liked is kissing another girl. Is that the biggest deal? No. But it sucks. if you have – first – Yes. Sucks. Does not feel good. It just sucks. That's okay to acknowledge. <laughs> okay. Out. I'm going to leave now. <laughs> Might drop. But, um, no. And then you're like, okay, you know, that sucks objectively. Like, yeah. out to my ego, a little sting. But if the story I'm telling is that I'm unlovable and I'm unworthy and no one's going to like me if they, like, know the real me, well, then I have, like, a shit storm coming my way because I'm just taking every single thing as proof that I'm not lovable or I'm not good enough and that that hurts right and so it's getting into like okay you know where's that middle ground yeah yeah and so it's sort of like I guess the way I'll walk through certain situations is is this reminding me of something that happened in the past that like really hurt me Mm. and is is there something more to this Mm. or is it okay that I'm just a little bummed out and I 
I need to take some time. I found that like sometimes I'll do this when I run is like I really have to give myself pep talk sometimes. I'm like, you got it. You're doing great. Yeah. And I started like having deeper conversations with myself on runs, like especially after going through a breakup my freshman year, I would like really like take it all out on my run and like talk through it. And I remember one day running and being like, you're enough. And like, I said it out loud and I started crying immediately. And I was just like, I could cry. Like, it's like the most, whoa. Sometimes we don't say that to ourselves. That's so beautiful. <laughs> We're like both crying. That makes me like, okay. Well, I'm sorry. That no. just like makes me, that's so amazing. That's awesome. I, I just, like, I don't have words for, like, that feeling because I know what you're talking about, like, when you finally talk to yourself and, like, even when you were saying earlier, like, checking in and being like, hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, what's up, dude? Like, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. and just, like, I don't know, admitting some things to yourself that maybe, like, you won't. I just think it's so beautiful. And, like, that is something that it's, like, I don't know. I just love the fact that I just love it. I just, I have no words. <laughs> it's gr- it's great. I think it's really beautiful. Anyways, continue, please. Thank you. No, yeah. I think that, like, that's, that's incredibly vulnerable, though. Like, not even just in the way of, like, oh, who's this weird girl talking to herself on her run? But, like, to sit with yourself and be, like, yeah, I'm going to stop withholding praise from myself or withholding like the, this love because we're not afraid of like our weaknesses we're afraid of who we could be at our like most powerful and, and healed and like lit up yeah <laughs> that's good we're good i'm terrified like i'm so like every day i feel like i have no idea like where I'm going or what I'm doing and who I am and what this is and life is so vast and ambiguous and it's so hard to place myself somewhere in there and it can get so overwhelming so quickly and being vulnerable on top of that which which will inevitably contribute to that growth Mm -hmm is like it's something that for me I have to like work to to do like well it's like what we hope for shapes what we live for Hmm. so like if we hope for a life characterized by meaningful relationships which everyone like not to tell you you should do that you should do that like if you want to live the longest healthiest most content and satisfied life it's your relationships like the harvard study the the longest longitudinal study of all time it's so cool they've studied men to their death and now they study their kids and their grandkids one day i'll do it i'm kidding (laughs) that'd be sick um but every single time on their deathbed they say my meaningful relationships and the ones who don't have it 
more likely to have heart disease, more likely to die younger. Like the greatest predictor of longevity is your relationships. And so like if that's what we're hoping for, it can give you more of the courage. That was like one of the questions I was thinking of, of like what helps you cultivate the courage to be like, all right, I'm going to dive, I'm going to dive a little deeper. In my relationships? Hmm. I think there's, I think, I mean, to be broad and vague, trust, Mm -hmm. just trust, just like trust. And then a belief that if I tell you this, you're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. you know and there's certain and like we were saying before with that game like there's certain like kind of steps that you take in a relationship to make sure that before you maybe let somebody in on something that they'll be there to stay why do you think it's so rare because like I know in my life I tend to be I feel like a lot of people's person that they're like Oh, I can go to her. She's she's not gonna like gossip. You have a quality about you that says you're not leaving. That's so sweet. You do. That's like what I think cues people in. Like you're you're just you're just you have this like presence. You have this like deeper thing. And I think there are certain people that you come across in your life where you're like, oh yeah, like you, you just have like an understanding. Like you have like a, a an understanding of your own emotional life and how other people's emotional lives work. So that if I were to come to you and say something that, you know, other people might judge me for or not comprehend to its to, to whatever, you know, what, what you want to convey, what I want to convey, even if like you have some, like, even if I were telling you, Fiona, like this is blah, blah, blah. This is something that happened. I don't think that you'd be the type of person to be like, oh, well, I don't think you take it for face value ever. Mm -hmm. And I think that you, I, I wish I could describe that quality. I don't know what it is. But it's just, like, extreme empathy, extreme willingness to be vulnerable, extreme emotional intelligence and understanding. There's, like, a Mel Robbins quote um, where she says, frankly, I don't think there's anyone you couldn't love if you knew their story. Yeah. And that, so growing up, my mom always, especially... Um, applying to my little brother, kind of, I, and now, and now I talk to her, we'll talk, kind of say, like, I look around and I see, like, a lot of people's shit is, like, getting picked up now. Like, the story that will kind of, like, define their life is, like, unfolding and starting, and the story that arguably shaped my life the most is always going to be, like, my little brother and his diagnosis with autism. And so, I was, a little kid for all of this and my mom would say like everyone has a story this this is part of our story but everyone has one and you don't always know it 
and yeah. everyone's the protagonist in their own story. Mm-hmm. No one's, like, walking around trying to be the villain every day. Like, right. So I think that provides, like, that's a fundamental worldview. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's not something everyone shares either, so I guess that's, like, sets people up to be different from, yeah. from the start. That's very true. I mean, you meet some people who don't want to know your story. Who don't care to know your story, even if they're your friends. Like, mm-hmm. there's just some people who are, who care about you. But don't have the bandwidth. But they don't have the bandwidth, or they don't really care to go deeper. Maybe because mm-hmm. they don't... Want to know their story. Maybe because they haven't gone deeper with themselves, or, you know, it's it's a scary thing, which it totally is. You know, I don't know, but I definitely have had this conversation with other friends who I'm extremely, like, just, like, 100%, like, here's my naked body, like, pick it apart as you will, but I've had these conversations where I've been like, hey, so our relationship is like this, and I've been friends with someone for years, and we have never had these conversations. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? You know, like, because I feel like I'm ready to have these conversations, but there's something... You know, there's some people out there who are not. And it's interesting the people we we pick up along the way and the, and the people we keep as well. Yeah. Because I feel like I have a lot of friends that I've been meeting who, like, share similar faith backgrounds as me. And, like, that's provided a really meaningful aspect of relationships that I didn't always know I would maybe crave. And then, you know we all meet and we talk with each other and we're like, oh, I just like don't want to always have these conversations with my friends who don't share in this with me. But usually we're like coming from our different circles or sororities or whatever. Yeah. And like, it's beautiful that we come together, but it intrigues me that, you know, or I have my friends that like, I don't know, this year I had to sit down and, and write out who can I intentionally seek out that it's a little inconvenient and we, we don't run on the same schedule. Like you and I are always in so many different directions, yeah. Yeah. but like it's a priority to yeah. see you. And even if it's sometimes fewer times than I wish, like the quality is so thick there. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean it. Yeah. But also I guess not every friendship or tie is meant to be you're my close tie like you're gonna you're gonna anchor me through storms like some ties are second and third tier and and there's a place for that but how do we yeah invest in in like the anchors yeah that's true it makes me feel so lucky yeah (laughs) i just feel like so um so great it's just so great someone asked me a few weeks ago like do you feel like you have friends that you can wholeheartedly be yourself around yeah I just like that's so huge that we can be like yeah we do it's so crazy it's awesome it's like the most awesome thing ever it is because I don't know. I mean, I feel like the way Fiona and I met was in an extremely emotional, emotional and like kind of devastating, devastating environment. And it kind of set us up 
in a way to see pretty much all of each other the first day we really met. Mm-hmm. And and while that was heartbreaking and so incredibly difficult, I feel like it set us up. I feel like it set me up to just be like, okay, I can do whatever. Like, I can fart in front of you or like cry or scream or tell you about literally anything that's happening in my life and you're just gonna be like okay like okay cool great cool okay this makes such a good point because thinking about like how we pick and and invest in friendships that make us better people we don't grow all the time like where we feel really challenged or like Mm -hmm. you know there's time there's time and a place but like more often than not people grow where they're accepted and loved yeah and that's where it's like okay lay it on me like that's who you were like who are you now who do you want to be you know what I like I think that's the difference yeah of acceptance and love is like oh yeah I did something I'm really not proud of in like middle school and sometimes I think about it right before I go to bed and it haunts me yeah and you're like well you're not that person anymore yeah exactly it's a level of accessibility Mm -hmm. and like not only accessibility but like comfort and accepting acceptance of like I see you for Mm -hmm. And not seeing someone for their potential, but, like, seeing someone in the light of, like, all that they're destined to be. Yeah, like, I see where you're at, and I love you. I see where you're at, and I love you. And it's not perfect, because nobody's perfect ever, mm-hmm. but, and, and I'm not perfect, but... You know, it's like a... It's like a slice of heaven, in a way. Yeah. Of, like, I just love that. I see you where you're at, and and I I love love you. you. And that's okay, and it's awesome. And (sighs) Yeah, if anything were to go wrong in my life, I would not, like, hesitate in just being like, Fiona, I need you to come pick me up. No, totally. Like, which is... And that's, like, I remember, oh, my gosh, during rush camp... I had, like, life-ending cramps. Like, oh it was, God. like, the most insane. And I, yeah. it was beyond, like, anything I could have ever experienced. And I thought something was was horribly wrong. And so then there's initially, like, the, I don't want to do anything about it. I don't want to be dramatic. Like, it's my period, whatever. And then I call my mom, and I'm like, I think I'm going to pass out. <laughs> like, I would, and she was like, I live in Pennsylvania. You're in Los Angeles. Like, can someone help you? And I called Kaylin, and she, like, literally, like, she would have picked me up off of my bed. She's yeah. packing a bag for me, oh like, getting God. me wait to the hospital with me all day. Like, yeah. it's for someone who always wants to, like, have her shit together and be like, no, 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 I got you. Like, let me help you to, like, receive that and – and know that it's not tit for tat, but, like, I've got your back, you've got mine, is, like, yeah, it makes space for the vulnerability, and it, like, lets us continue kind of, like, just 
growing to I don't even know how to explain it but that's like something that it just means the ultimate world to me and it it offers a layer of psychological safety mm-hmm. that goes with you wherever you go right because it's like I feel safer being myself and yeah yeah because I know that's loved yeah by people and like even even the shitty parts of it uh-huh. because there's so many different parts of yourself and like I feel like when somebody asks me now like do you feel like you can be yourself with your friends around you yeah because there's so many like I felt like when I first came here there were so many different parts of me there's so many different parts of me there's a sad part of me the happy part of me mm-hmm. the angry part of me and part of like what I've been working on with my vulnerability and acceptability has been just letting all of those parts filter like you know be an ontological iceberg and just pop up when they pop up and you know people might not always see the entire iceberg but it's all there and it's a rotating iceberg Mm -hmm. and when I first came to school, for instance, I like locked that iceberg in place. Yeah. And happy, happy part of my iceberg was showing up, you know, every day. But then all the other parts were just like, well, what are you doing? Here, like twenty four seven. Like you yeah. live with these people. You like everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. But now I'm more of a rotating, rotating iceberg, and I'm like, okay. You know, I have all these parts, I can show all of these parts, and it's okay. Versus being like, okay, I have all these parts and I can't show some of them. Mm-hmm. Because if I show some of them, I'm not sure if people are going to like them. You know? And like being like, you know what? I can love this part of myself. Mm. Even if it is a little annoying. Or sometimes I even get sick of her. I'm like, can you chill? But yeah, being like, no. I love you. I see you. I hear you. Thank you. Like, I think that changed my relationship with my different insecurities so much of, like, thank you for bringing that to the table. Like, you will be considered. You, at one point, were really protecting me. But here's how we do things here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's changed a lot with, like, feminine friendships, I would say. Mm. Like, being... I have always had guy friends, like, growing up. Me too. Yeah. And it was almost this layer of, like, it's just easier. Like, they're not going to be petty or jealous or, like, things that I couldn't even understand because I, and I think that this is still something I can struggle with of, like, just, like, not necessarily seeing myself, like, as I truly am in so many ways and I especially like I could never picture why someone would be like jealous of my family or like jealous of of me for any reason like other than maybe being smart when I was in like high school and middle school I was like okay I've got I've got that going for me but I wasn't like this the best at everything Mm. you know whatever and I just sort of had to realize one like how lucky I am and yeah but it just like led to me so many times being like I'll have these easier friendships with guys that are like kind of surface level but safe yeah and 
college, I remember journaling and, like, writing out my goals and intentions and being, like, this is for the girls. Like, I, because I have my five, well, I have many friends from high school, but I have, like, my crew, and they just, like, absolutely rock. I look every day, I'm like, oh, I got so lucky to leave high school with those great feminine friendships that have continued growing sheer acceptance and like joy it's so incredible to me and then in college I was like enough like I want I want the I want these girl friendships I want to be around people who understand me and can nourish me but like it takes vulnerability because mm-hmm. like being around someone who is trying to be perfect all the time is exhausting and trying to like affirm that identity for them or like yeah it's just it's not true and I think like as I always had like these like walls up where I was worried like you know there's certain rules to girl friendships you have to follow or whatever it's like no you can just be fucking weird and dance like an idiot and yeah the girls who love you will love you for it. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting because you meet so many people at this time in your life and so many, like, potential, mm-hmm. like, besties or BFFs for life or whatever. And sometimes there's, like, an innate, like, yup, like, let's go, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's like, okay, like, I'm kind of playing a little bit of a vulnerability game here of, like, how much do I show you at once and how does that work? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're you're very right. I feel like I've been able to kind of slowly, I keep thinking someone's knocking on the door, <laughs> slowly like let myself, let myself kind of, kind of be, especially this year. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's been like, okay, 100% here I am. Like mm-hmm. not in the kind of like, I'm going to trauma dump and take it or leave it, yeah. but more of like, here I am. You're walking it every day. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is it, and come come on this journey with me, or maybe pass through this journey mm. with me, or what have you, because um, it's my life. Mm-hmm. And the like, especially as I think two people who don't like feeling misunderstood, mm-hmm. being like, I. I'm just going to keep being myself because I know myself and I, and I trust her. And if you misunderstand or if I can't control, like I can't control how you see me because that's wrapped up in the stories you tell about you, the stories you tell about the world, yeah. everyone. And just being like, people are going to not get it. Yeah. People are going to misunderstand. God, I mean, I can't imagine someone thinking I'm like, incredibly mean-spirited person but like <laughs> what if they did you know like yeah i can't are gonna control get, it people aren't gonna get the all the ideas that you want them to get about you. but it doesn't mean you should stop being you right. or be this watered down version that like everyone can yeah. like yeah i i've noticed myself sometimes when i feel like oh nobody like like i want someone to understand me and I'm not sure if they are and then I get really wrapped up in in other people's perceptions of me I will 
dumb myself down or kind of dilute myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm more easily digestible. But then they like you. And then it's like, well, who the fuck do they like? Yeah. Because like, that's not me. Yeah. Because that is not me. That's how I felt after freshman year in certain ways. Like, I went home and I was like, does anyone know me? Right? And uh, it's freshman year. So, like, exactly. as a given in a certain sense. But now I could be like, oh, yeah, these people know me. Like, I remember talking with Will Meteor one night, and we literally just always have the best talks ever. Shout out, Will. Shout out to Will. Will. Best day ever. Good guy. Good egg. Um, but we were literally like, I think I said like one of the things I was like least proud of about myself. And I was like, I just like, sometimes I feel like some everyone's going to find out like every bad thing I've ever done and like, it's over. He was like, dude, is that like, that's the worst you've got? And I was just, it was that type of thing of like, you can grow from, like, some someone or something you're not proud of mm-hmm. and don't have to, like, keep looking back with, like, or, like, walking with, like, your head over your shoulder. Like, is someone going to, like, catch on to me? Yeah. Like, someone going to find me out? Uh-huh. And, like, know, like, what I'm trying to, like, conceal. And that's where it's, like, the inner acceptance and the forgiveness of, like, okay, like, we're never going to go back. Cause that's yeah. we don't even remember her, and it's a practice. Uh huh. It's totally a practice of being like, okay, like I am going to now. I know I'm noticing myself kind of diminishing my 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 true authentic authenticity right now. Mm-hmm. Like, how can I let that go? How mm-hmm. can I let that go and accept where I'm at? And you're completely right. It's this paradox of like. I am going to, like, like even me now, like, I'm in a relationship now, and every now and then I'll get insecure, or feel like, oh, I don't really want to be vulnerable right now, and mm-hmm. so I will kind of filter myself, or diminish myself, or dilute myself, in order to, you know, be that more, that easily digestible version, mm-hmm. and then I'll sit there, and I'll realize, wait, this is not who my partner fell in love with. Uh-huh why am I doing this? It's like, it's, it, and, 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 and then I be my, try to be myself and I'm, you know, feel good about being myself and then I'll, it'll be like kind of a cycle. And then also other times I feel like it's like, okay, I, I'm being myself again. Do they like, you get like so sensitive and, and yeah, hyper aware of how you're being perceived. Right. And it's like the same issue in a different outfit. Exactly. And it goes through friendships and through relationships. And even, like, my relationships with some of my, like, professors. Oh, I was just going to say that. And, like, like, yeah. and But with my family, I'm like, I could care less. With you, I'm like, whatever, Fiona. You'll, you, you, you'll take it or leave it. Uh-huh. Kaylin, you'll take it or leave it. Like, yeah. well, you won't leave it. I know you won't. No, I mean, you're you just gonna, Yeah, no. you're just going to take it and take it. Or call like, you on your shit. Like, that's, that's it. But, like, it... It, like, finds itself in the weirdest of ways in your life. The professor one really hits home. I don't know. There's certain professors I'm like, do you think I'm smart? Literally like that. Yes. Yeah. We were just raising our hands. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, no, it's so – it's this urge to be known and accepted that's so 
human, mm-hmm. but can only be experienced through vulnerability, which is the exact thing we're scared of. And it's like Brene Brown, like vulnerability in you is brave, but vulnerability in me like must be squashed. Yes. So we don't make room for others to be. And I think like. Un- unless other people do it first. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, this is something that drives me bonkers and that I just, I'm sure, I want to hear what you think. Mm-hmm. The AirPod situation. Yeah. The AirPod yeah. situation, walking to class. Mm-hmm. You want to say hi to people, but then it's like, oh, we see each other weekly and are like in a group meet because we have mixers together, but like, you're looking down at your phone. Like, should I look down at my phone until you look up and then maybe I say hi or you say hi first? But like, do we really know each other or do we just follow each other on Instagram? Yeah. And that. Or like, do we just hug at mixers sometimes and like don't yes. Literally what happened today to <laughs> me on my way here. It's like, you know my name. You, Gotta. You know who I am. Don't pretend like you don't know who I am. Like, let's not do this. Am this I like the dumb. only sensitive person that no. like walks around and I'm like, <gasps> You didn't no. say hi to me? No, not at all. But it's like so, or I, I'll catch myself being like, oh, I'll just be the first person to say hello. Like that'll just be my MO. Yeah. And then you like say hi and someone has their AirPods in and no one looks up and you're like, oh, oh did anyone see that? You know feels- what? That good for you. That's a practice, man. That's hard. I'm not even going to lie. I never do that. I never say hi first because I'm always scared that the other person is going to do exactly that. Is going to stay looking at their phone or in their AirPods or whatever and pretend like they don't know me. And you are sitting, getting out there. You're being like, I see you. I see you. Hello. 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 And whatever. That that person's on their own. Whatever. It's true. But I think it's great that you do that. Because what if somebody somebody did hear you and they were like, oh my god, it's Fiona and she knows who I am. Well, and, and when people wow. say hi to me, I'm like, <gasps> there, they said hi to me. There you go. Mm-hmm. So guys, say hello to Fiona if you see her walking. Please. Anybody, literally anybody, even if you live in If Michigan. you're listening. If you're listening, even if you're in like Hawaii or something and you come to LA and you see Fiona on the street, you should say hi. I'll always take my AirPods out. Me too. Oh. I don't. If I'm on the phone, I won't. Oh, that's true. I won't either. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but like if I, like, I'm listening to music. But, like, interrupt, that's, like, mm. being able to respond to interruptions mm-hmm. is such, like, an interesting, that's more of, like, making yourself accessible, and I think that allows for people to feel more comfortable around you. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's also a very, um... I think, like, courageous way to live. Yeah. Of, like, I'm going to hold on to my life and my schedule a little bit more loosely. Right. So people can wiggle their see way me. through. Can, people can see me when I'm not ready for them to see me. Mm-hmm. I force myself into situations sometimes when I'm not ready to see people. Yeah. Like, I will be like, okay, um, I had a really hard day today, and I'm super stressed out, but I committed to this thing of watching a movie with my friend, and I'm going to show up as I am. Mm-hmm. super stressed out and with anxiety mm-hmm. and trust that my friend is just going to be like okay like this is where you're at and like mm-hmm. that's okay yeah and every single time it ends up being fine every totally. single time I show up and I'm like I am sad or have anxiety for like however long I need to with that friend and then I'm like you know what I can experience two things at once uh-huh 
you know, like I can, and and it's and it's not in my body. I tell myself this story of like. Like you show up and you have anxiety or if you're stressed or it's bad energy. Sad. It's bad energy. Yeah. Nobody wants to be around you if you're like that. Like, come on. And then I end up going and I'm like, oh wait, no, they're actually happy that I came anyways, and then I'm just here, no matter kind of what state I'm in. And that's okay. And you can be both. You can enjoy how to train your dragons and then also be like sad about whatever's going on at home. Like mm-hmm. you can do those things at the same time because you are a multifaceted person and it's just being. honest yeah i think that's like we crave honesty we crave authenticity so it's like i mean i think it would have felt so much weirder as the friend to be like oh like bella came over and she's acting super happy but like seems off and like right. why can't she just be like oh i'm having a shit day yeah and I've, like, done that before where I'm, like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to leave it at the door. And, like, mm-hmm. nobody's going to know that I'm upset. But, like, I've done that and I've fully had friends call me on my – literally, this has been, like, the some of the hardest, weirdest, most, like, heartbreaking scenarios in my life have been, like, when something was really, 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 really wrong. Mm-hmm. And I would show up – like, I was – something really shitty happened before I went on like a weekend trip with a bunch of girlfriends and um before I went I was like I'm just I don't want to ruin the trip I want to make it really fun and I I don't want anyone to know what's going on and everybody knew like everybody knew something was wrong because Mm -hmm. I was trying to smile and be happy and do all this stuff but I wasn't acting like myself and they know who I am so of course Mm -hmm. they're gonna know something's wrong and I, I was so scared of, like, letting people in mm-hmm. on what was happening because I felt like if I did, I don't know, I was going to be ruining something. Mm-hmm. And then once, you know, the, the best part of the weekend was having my friends sit me down and just be, like, two of them sat me down and they were like, you're not okay. You're not okay. What's wrong? What's going on? Like, we're... Like, cut the shit. Yeah, cut the shit. Mm-hmm. cut the shit this is not cool like we're your friends and we love you stop mm-hmm. and that was kind of like a crazy revelation for me because I was like oh you you guys can do that as my friends like you're you're able to do that you're able to sit me down and be like cut the bullshit Bella we know you're faking mm-hmm. and, and I, don't we almost sometimes want that like I feel like sometimes we walk around faking and we're like Someone, like, see. Yeah. Or, I don't know, maybe that's just me sometimes. No, I hated it. I hated that they saw that I was upset. Yeah. I hated it. I was like... like, you don't have to do it all on your own. I know. I know. I, like, totally... I thought maybe I wanted it, but at the end of the day, I was like... That was so uncomfortable. It was so embarrassing for me. I just felt ashamed. I was like, how did you know? Ashamed that you were sad? Ashamed that, like, they could tell that I was, like, kind of lying to them about how I was happy, even though there was a whole bunch of shit that was going on in my life, you know? Did you think, like, part part of it was that you just wanted to be able to, like, prove to whatever was going on in your life that, like, it wouldn't slow you down? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was much less about, like, them and much more about like I'm not accepting this situation for myself because I want to be happy and I I don't want this ruining my weekend right 
mm-hmm. it was like I'm not gonna let this ruin my weekend mm-hmm. and like having two people be like but like you're not like you it was like they could tell they were like you're lying to us and to yourself mm-hmm. and that's because then it forces you, like, other To people. confront it. Right. Yeah. That's... Yeah. But having friends like that, I mean, like, I talked to my dad about it, and he was like, yeah, those are good friends. He was like, I, they're not... He's like, you have to realize they're not saying that to you to, like, embarrass you or make you feel bad. They're saying it to you because they want you to be you. Like, they want you to... And to know you don't have to carry it alone. Yeah. And that was, like, a... And I was like, yeah. They are just solid friends who can have difficult conversations, mm-hmm. like and be there, like still, like and stay. Yeah, and stay. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's where like there's nothing like a healthy relationship and a healthy friendship to teach you like this is love, mm-hmm. like this this person stays. I just think that's like. If you can so provide special. someone with the certainty and the safety of, like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, we're going to have ups, we're going to have downs, but, like, I'm steady. And, like, this friendship's not built on sand, like, it's built on a rock. It's, right. like, okay. That's helped me so much. Mm-hmm. That's helped me so much in terms of, like, finding myself and finding... It's like the hierarchy of needs, like food, water, everything. And then it's like safety, acceptance, and then you get self-actualization. Mm-hmm. You're not like getting to the very like matter of who you are by not feeling safe or accepted. Right. There's like other steps that you need to take mm-hmm. in order to get there. But definitely nurturing and nourishing my friendships that have allowed me to fully express myself um have been like completely transformational and so to all the people out there who have friends that i don't know okay this is gonna sound shit go text them just go text your go text the friends that are that are your that are your people mm-hmm. even if you haven't talked to them in a minute like reach out i love Someone, like, encouraged me to do this last semester, and I just, like, texted a few people that shaped my life, shaped my childhood, but I hadn't talked to in a minute, and I said, like, hey, thought of you today, red heart, that's it. Not even, like, how's it going, not trying to, like, make this huge conversation, but, like, oh, I listened to that song that, like, we used to scream in the car in second grade, and, like, Mm. love you. I love getting those texts because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, 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 like he's still thinking me like to that. To be known is to be loved. Yeah, I'm going to start thinking about that more often, to be known is, or not thinking about it, but like making that a thing mm-hmm. in my head. Okay. Rapid fire. Oh, shoot. Yeah, rapid fire. Really quick. Oh, no. Okay, so what would be the soundtrack of your life? Or like, what's the soundtrack of your life right now? Uh, the soundtrack of my life right now. Oh my god! What song? What song is speaking to you? Okay, probably "Hey" by the Pixies. It's like a super weird song. Okay. 
<laughs> but it's like, you know, it's just like weird. It's funny. It's cool. I'll play it for you. After okay, this. yeah. What is your favorite way to spark joy? My favorite way to spark joy is by making dinner with my friends or my mom and then like eating outside with a glass of wine. Oh, classics. Lovely. What's your favorite smell? Ooh. My get niche here. My favorite smell is fresh linens, probably. Mm. Yeah, they're so cool. Okay, and what makes you feel loved? Like, what is a little secret love language of yours? Secret love language. It doesn't have to be secret, but like uh, hidden. Like with my friends, with everyone. Anyone. When someone just calls me, or if they just like show up, if they just like show up in my life on the day, and they're like, hey, what's up? And they give me a hug, I'm a big physical touch person, I love physical touch, it's great. Even though I did it when I was younger, but now I'm like obsessed with it, mm-hmm. I do it often. Um, and they just give me a hug and they're like, hey, what's up, how are you, I love you. And, like, literally just, like, a 10-minute conversation like that or something um, makes me feel loved. I love it. Well, thank you for literally probably one of my favorite conversations ever. crying, everything, all the emotions. All the things, as usual. I'm so glad. Thank you for having me on. This has been awesome. That's all for you guys. Thanks for joining this third episode of the Free to Be podcast. I am so excited to share this meaningful conversation with all of you. And I hope you continue to have friends in your life that push you and have these conversations with you. And the quote of this week is, joy is a good mood of the soul. So I encourage you all to find something this week that puts your soul in a good mood. All right, sending so much love. Thanks for listening. Bye.